you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Right there, we are. All right, so we're gonna we have comments on here too, Brandon. We had we got a little uh, we had a little bit of five minute chat here before we get went live, guys. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Mark Cox. I, I get a special guest on Tuesday. We don't usually do uh, Tuesday podcasts, so this is pretty special to have one. And we got a professional fighter today. Believe it or not, this is the first. Well, we I've known you. I guess we're Facebook friends is more like what we are than than got to shake hands yet or anything uh, with each other. So uh, this is uh, Brandon Bender and a professional fighter. We'll get into into his uh, what he's done uh, um, in his life and his career and what he's doing today. It's awesome story, by the way. And so with no further ado, Brandon, why don't you introduce yourself and where where you're from and you're and you, and that you're a single dad and about your daughter and we'll get on from there how's that sound yeah i love it thanks mark um thanks for hitting me up i really appreciate being on here and be able to chat uh so my name is brandon bender i'm the global director of mma for ufc gym um professional fighter 14 pro fights 12 and 2 uh, bjj black belt i'm doing martial arts since i was about five years old really saved my life and um just here to inspire kids and everyone else to uh, help change their lives through MMA, how it changed mine. Um, that's so, yeah, that's we, great. We had a nice little chat a few minutes ago. So, yeah. I'm from uh, if you guys have seen Next Friday, it's a little bit of an older movie, but Ranch Cucamonga. I grew up in the suburbs, uh, very nice area. Um, but I live in Baldwin Park now, and I'm in the beautiful city of Rosemead at a UFC gym where I first started um, my career here. Yeah, it's it's nice out there where you live. So um, Carson Carson Fortner here. This is one of my black belts from Georgia that's listening in. He owns a nice big school out there, um, uh, out in uh, Georgia at near Savannah. And then Ohanis is on. He's saying hi. What's up, guys? <laughs> Love Ohanis. My, <laughs> he's a good kid, isn't he? We'll talk about Ohanis here in a little bit. So I so you said something here that you you started martial arts when you were five years old. So where, what what did your parents get you started, or what what was the reasoning they they decided to do some martial arts training for you at five, or is it just something to go kill time at that point? I have I have I don't remember. I have no idea at five. I know my mom took me to a taekwondo studio. Um, I still remember my my uh, my instructors, Master Kim and Master Steve. Um, I ended up linking uh, with them later in life, too, which is interesting when I started training MMA. But, um, you know, that I, I think I did Taekwondo from five to eight and then, you know, took a little break and did some of it after. But, the, you know, just the the stuff that instilled in me Taekwondo with all the different sports I played, uh, just uh, 
different level, I think, of respect or I don't know what it is. But, um, right. you know, I, I still I still remember the stuff that they taught me and, and, and the training I had there was, uh, you know, amazing. And then um, I took a little break. I took a little break and um, I had I think I started getting picked on in junior high or something like that. And one of the toughest guys in junior high wanted to fight me. And uh, I was like, well, I don't know, I'm going to kick him. But I don't feel confident kicking. I don't know, you know, wasn't good at punching or anything else. I was like, okay, well, what do, what exactly do I do? And I was scared. And I used to take, I remember I used to take different routes. I used to walk to school and I would take different routes to school, different routes home. So I was so scared. And then, um, you know, I asked my mom if she could take me to, um, uh, you know, start doing martial arts again. And then, um, you know, actually, and, and then so back then at the time, uh, the owners, believe it or not, were my same Taekwondo coaches, Master Kim and Master Steve. And they had, it, it's almost, it was like a little, you know, I'm in UFC gym now, but it was almost a little mini UFC gym. They had the weights, they had boxing, they had kickboxing, Muay Thai, they had Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu. They had like, a, a, you know, a, a group fitness area where they did cardio boxing. Um, so, man, I, I, I jumped in, I started boxing, and then my mom's boyfriend at the time, uh, I guess he was a spot in the streets or something. I don't know. But I, I did. I, I, I tried a jujitsu class and I told him, I was like, well, I got to choose between, I had to go only two days a week. I got to choose between boxing and jujitsu. And then he, and I, listen, I don't know how he knew because back then I don't think really anybody knew that they didn't do martial arts, but he's like, all fights end up on the ground. And the guy mm -hmm. didn't, like, he didn't train martial arts and watch UFC, didn't know what it was. And I was like, okay. So I listened to my mom's boyfriend at the time and I was like, I'm going to do jujitsu. And then I never. So that's back. where you were. So you say you have a, <clears throat> a black belt in jujitsu. Who's your lineage? What's your lineage in your jujitsu background? Yeah. So, um, so I, I train a lot with the uh, Millennia MMA. Um, really grew up around everybody there. So Javi Vasquez, um, Batiste Mansouri, Romeo Rom, um, and it goes to you know Rodrigo Maderos. I trained with Rodrigo when I was a teenager as well, and then a Carlson Gracie Senior. Ah, you got uh, Carlson. You got so you got a great lineage out there, and you took that to the. That's that's kind of what you you uh, that you decided to uh, stick with. Is that uh, is is jujitsu became your main art? Is that correct? Yeah. So, so I think I did jujitsu for for about two years. Um, I was doing it twice a week, and then you know my mom started you know, saying I can go a little bit more. You know, so I started going more, and then I started doing some Muay Thai, some boxing, and some MMA. But um, yeah, I mean, I was I was infatuated. I, th I think it was probably good. I was only training twice a week. I, I mean, I always recommend people train you know, starting out at least three times a week, but I was so infatuated with it. I mean, that's all I thought about. I would go home, I'd write notes. I try to make videos. I try to wrestle my friend. I even put, I try to do moves on my mom, you know, so I was so obsessed with jujitsu that it just consumed my whole life. And that's all I wanted to do is be good at it. <laughs> well, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that, uh, Anything that that consumes you that way is a positive anyway, because it's just going to give you so many life lessons on the mat. We'll talk about that too, about your your lessons on the mat. So you you're you're in jujitsu. You're getting you're getting to train. How old are you at that time? Are you in junior high or high school at that time? Junior high. 
I was in junior, junior high. high. I just and so when did you decide that, hey, I'm going to try, I, I want to try my hand at, uh, at fighting in the ring? Did you do any smokers or did you, or did you, uh, did you go to an amateur, like a camo or something to that effect to start your fighting? They didn't have, <clears throat> from my knowledge, and I'm pretty, pretty sure they didn't have any amateur fights. Um, when I first started fighting, I believe I had my first fight in 2006 with King of the Cage. 2005 to 2006 and 2006 um and there wasn't any amateur it was straight to pro but um yeah i knew i knew when i was fifth i think i was 15 um uh you know everybody saw hoist gracie and what hoist gracie did with jujitsu right, right? Yeah. And, I, and then you know i was just happy and they didn't have any kids classes i was training with all adults but i was just happy to to, to train and you know be around you know what i thought were just amazing people and and you know father figures brother figures uncle type type people that really helped try to make me go the right way in life but um you know i uh <clears throat> i ended up seeing my father uh he was vitor belfort's manager i guess he did some training with him on boxing and stuff like that but i ended up seeing my father on uh ufc judgment day when i rented a video at a at a video store and then that was my that was my Boom! At fifteen, I believe I was fifteen, but I was like, "Boom! Okay, that's what I want to do in my life. I want to be in UFC. I want to be a professional fighter. I'm gonna give up everything I can to to, to pursue that." Well, so that takes you into the into the ring, and so you've got you've got fourteen um, fights under your belt. So you know, had King of the Cage. Did you and did you fight in Bellator too? Yeah, fought in Bellator. Yep, Bellator, King of the Cage. Gladiator Challenge, just diff, diff, different, different, uh, different shows here and there. So, Ohanis says you, you're his favorite fighter. Thanks, Ohanis. <laughs> you're, you're awesome. Um, so, let's. Uh, so, what what was your record in, when you went in, in in fighting? So, you had how many fights, and what was your record? Uh, Twelve wins, two losses. So, were you uh, a submission fighter? Were you uh, a knockout fighter? Or are you kind of both? Did you have Did you have both uh, in in the in the ring? Definitely, definitely wasn't both. I, I mean, I man, I I wish I was a knockout fighter. I think, uh, uh, <laughs> man, I try, man, I still try my dart. I try my darndest. I put train, you know, boxing more than I do jujitsu. I just probably just stick to jujitsu. But um, you know, I I can hold my own. But de definitely, uh, uh. You know, jujitsu and, and wrestling, just you know, I guess something I just naturally do better. I don't know, but you know, definitely boxing and kickboxing are the, the deep passion of mine to get to, to become better at and, and, and good at. I'm about to be 35 now, so I'm getting older, but you know, it's all good. It's all good. But I had uh, all, all my wins, uh, I think I have, uh, I don't know, 11 wins by submission. It's all submission wins, one decision win. I believe. What was uh, what was your toughest? Who was your toughest opponent? What was your toughest fight? Myself, myself. Is that is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, before fights, I, I, you never know how it's gonna go. I mean, I've had people, I've had people kick me in the leg, and I've choked them out, and I was like, man, I'm so glad I choked them out because I couldn't walk after, or. <laughs> You know, where I have choked people on a minute and I'm in bed for two weeks because I'm so tired. I feel like a truck hit me. Right? I'm like, man, if this would have went another minute, I would have lost. Right. Um, you know, I have lost fights where I'm like, 
I could have went harder, you know, and I'm fine yeah. the next day. I remember, you know, it took six years off. I lost my last, uh, I lost a decision, my last fight. And I was like, I did like a half marathon, like, a, you know, a few days after. So, you know. It's, yeah, I guess that's, yeah, I guess our, our hint, you have, uh, there's a listener named Larry Liston. It says his question is, how did it feel coming back to fighting after six years off? Uh, t- uh. Man, it, it, it was, I, I felt like I never left, but definitely, um, I, you know, prob- I probably should have shook off the rust a little bit and got some, 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 maybe some easier fights, uh, before I just jumped back into it. But, um, yeah, but it, it was weird. I thought maybe I'm older, I'm more, you know, more mature. I have all, all this life experience. I'm not going to cry before my fights. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to. And man, all those emotions, like they, they just hit me. I'm like, man, I, I am freaking out before my fight. And I freak out before, you know, all my fights. So th- that's really why I hate fighting for me. Yes. I, I freak out. I freak <laughs> out. I can't, I can't explain to you how, how, how scared I am. Just, you know, and that, not really scared to get hurt. Just, I guess the, um, you know, you think something of yourself. And then if you lose, you don't want to lose that. And then like, you know, like Ohanis was at my fight. I freaking lost, you know, yeah. uh, like people are like watching like, man, I don't want to let anybody down if I lose. So, <laughs> you know, I still got, I obviously I'm 35 and I still want to fight again, but I got to get over all that. But. Yeah. I think that I, I, uh, the, the mental, uh, the mental, uh, sparring we do with ourselves is, uh, 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 <laughs> The mental, I, I guess, the, it, you know, when I competed, I wasn't, yeah, I never, I hated uh, losing more than I didn't like to win. You know, you know, you know what that looks like? You know what I mean? And then letting all my instructors down or whatever it is I'm doing and uh, letting others down before myself. And so you start doing self-doubt and that is a, that is a mental game, man. That is not a fun, uh, that's just not a fun, a fun place to be. And, uh, so I get it. So th- I think those are, I think that's great. I think that's real, real talk about from somebody that's been in the, in the cage 14 times. And then you, uh, you know, you have these, uh, these, it's just like life, man. Every day we wake up, it's, it's something. And, and, uh, we have to break through fears when we get ready for, uh, whatever our sparring matches are or whatever our tournaments are as fighting in the cage or whatever that, whatever the case may be to, what we do in life, you know, and, and those are the lessons learned on the, in the cage. Ohanas has a good, he says here today, say a prayer before you fight, then you won't be scared at a tournament. Ohanis, <laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> I do. I do. I say so, I say so many, um, I'm like, yeah, I say so many and I'm still, I'm still scared, but it's, but, but it's weird. It's, I, I think it's about letting people down and maybe the embarrassment of it. Uh-huh. So, so something I got to work out myself because I mean, I'll spar any, I'll spar anybody. Like, I don't care how big they are. I don't care if they go 120% and they try to fight me. I will spar anybody. There'll be 50 guys on the street that want to fight me, and I'll I, I won't be scared. I'll fight them all. But something about getting prepared to go with a bunch of people watching and the pressure of that is <laughs> just. I mean, from I don't know. Oh, I'm sure I, you, you know, it's, it, I think it's awesome that you, you have this discussion of what it's like to, to get in. I think that, uh, 
most fighters that I've talked about, it doesn't matter, even jujitsu tournaments or whatever it is, you spend all that time and then you get there and the nerves that just, just seem to, to overtake because you're now you, now this is it. This is my preparation. And there's a lot of people, uh, then am I going to let myself down today? And then it's a mental, it's a mental game for sure. I, I think that, uh, uh, that is just as real as it can get listening to you, to, to what you say about that. And, and having to address whatever that is and then taking six years off, that's a long time. And then to hop in the cage, you know what I mean? It's different just going to sparring class or uh, getting in a little fight on the street. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, when you prepare for six months for a fight and you're cutting weight and doing everything that you need to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's there and you have to walk and, uh, you know, uh, you know, my son did a, a couple fights in the cage and, uh, I remember, you talk to him, he's got the same nerve stuff uh, that that you talk about. And, you know, it's no easy either. It's not easy watching, well, especially when it's your kid or, or your students walking down and, you know, all the all the heart you have, you, you know, it's all up to you, man. It's you and that other person right in front of you. I'm sure a lot of those nerves go away once the first punch is thrown. You know what I mean? Uh, once you're in once you're in combat, I'm sure that um, it, it, it your your mind shifts. You know what I mean? You, you yeah, you know. yeah once i think once i walk towards somebody it's all gone it's all gone but just again again and this you know, be just me the, the the leading up to it and then and then i got to a point where like even when i win like that's great but then i like think about the next one and i like i think you said something that like i thought i made up and i don't think it's the right thing to do so hopefully nobody gets get you know gets this quote or feels this way about anything in life, but I hated losing more than I liked winning. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. And I'm like, what a paralyzing thing to do. Right? <laughs> but that ended up being, cause I don't like, I would win, but like, I don't really like, okay, I'm going to vote. I don't care. Like I won. It's cool. Let's go to the next one. Like who did I beat? What did I beat? You know, but <laughs> It's, I think that's, I, I just think that's, that's, that's the mental game. You know, Dustin uh, Poirier says the same thing. He, he talks just like you do. He hates the whole before it uh, uh, and, uh, and, and everything else that um, comes into the fight. He doesn't mind the fight time. He can't stand the preparation. He can't stand walking down there. He just, you know, it just, he gets in his own head and uh, same thing. So. It's just, I just think that's one of those things of athletes, you know, that, you know, they, they have such a high expectation of themselves that they don't want to let themselves or, or others down that, that help train them or whatever that, whatever that looks like. So that, that doesn't surprise me. So let's talk about, well, first of all, you know, everybody sees Ohanis on here. So we're going to talk about how, how you kind of came about in with me when I watched and, um, I think that you he got to go to a UFC gym and meet you there. Is that what happened? Yeah, uh, the Did same one. Uh, UFC Jim Rosemead, correct? Y- yeah. So, uh, you so you took Ohanis, and you know Ohanis came to us when he was first. Star- you know, he's a little guy, and uh, he was just he was sick, man, and and he's battling something that he has to battle. Uh, you know, we all have a fight, and he just happens to have this fight and making it hard to breathe and. I've seen him on the mat. We talked about this last night together. I've seen him on the mat where he's kind of wheezing and having a hard time breathing. And then, uh, uh, you know, he's trying to tough through what he has to do. And then that could, you know, that could put him in bed for three days afterwards or at, end him up in the hospital. And uh, 
you know, his dream was always to kind of be in a cage and do that kind of stuff. And then how did you come about to see Ohanis that you, you got to bring him in the cage. He got to fight with a professional fighter, uh, train with a professional fighter. How'd that all come about? And how did you get involved with his, his life, helping, helping somebody that, uh, fulfill a dream that he had? Well, Hans, he helped me. He's helped, he helped me in so many ways and just seeing how, you know, his whole journey and I know he's on uh, Cobra Kai, right? Like his, yeah. his, his whole journey and watching him has it, it, been amazing. And, you know, I work with a lot of kids and he, like I think we talked yesterday, you don't know how you're going to impact somebody, even if it's one time, right? Um, but, you know, the UFC gyms, a lot of them have full-size uh, octagons, right? So Ohanis really wanted to get in the octagon. When he came in and um, man, he put, he, he put a whooping on me. I'm telling you, if he, if he was, if he was my size, he would have beat me up. But the, but, um, and he, and he didn't get tired. He got me tired. Um, but, um, you know, him and his family have, you know, been nothing but supportive and, and, and good to me. And, and again, you know, I lost my last fight and he still got Ohio saying I'm his favorite fighter. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, those are things and people like Ohanis are why I do this and, you know, make me feel fulfilled and, and, uh, you know, my journey through MMA and UFC gym and UFC and, you know, that, that's, that's my passion. So, you know, Ohanis, if you're listening, you've inspired me a lot more than, uh, I've inspired you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure about that. Yeah. He's a tough kid, man. He's tough than you and I put together, man. Being, I've seen him when he's sick and I've seen him when he's at his best and, uh, and uh, he fights the same either way. You know what I mean? He'll fight through some stuff that he that he's struggling with. And, you know, and uh, we're uh, we're, you know, when we are, uh, you know, talking to talking to him, he's just he's got a good heart. He's got he's got a love for uh, other people, too. He's just kind of a, a good kid. He's tough and uh, and and he's got a loving side, too. So he's 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 a he's a good he's a good kid, man. You know, we're glad to be part of his life so he's looking forward to this uh today um uh, this this uh yeah interview. you know if you beat me up you beat me up you, you know if you my size you would have really beat me up <laughs> you got some grappling moves too i was surprised yeah yeah he's he's a tough kid man we we we, we do enjoy uh watching him uh, uh do his uh do his thing when he's in when he's on the mat he's fun so i, I want to talk about so now that now now you've kind of trans you've kind of transitioned into running some the MMA part of the UFC gym. So let's let's get in the UFC gym a little bit. You know, uh, do you see there is the franchise continually growing or uh, do, or where where is it? Because you know they had one in Northridge uh, for a while, and then uh, well, anything in LA kind of sucks. So you know what I mean. That who knows what LA is doing to to. Uh, make things impossible for anybody to have a business. But um, how did you get into that? How did you land the row uh, of doing the MMA portion of the UFC gym? And what does that, what's that uh, involve? Yeah. So, um, well, right, right now, let me talk about Northridge, but you know, I, I, I got, I, I got, I got this. I made sure uh, Donnie Oliver, he likes the same podcast. That's our vice president of, uh, of uh, international operations, but um, so I had him send me just j- just so I'm ready with the correct info. But we're uh, open in 20 countries. We've got develop 
development and sign or, or open 20 countries got development and deals signed for 40 countries 150 locations open development deals currently signed for 900 plus gyms mm. and then we'll hit the thousand mark this year and we'll have our 200 open sometime next year so that's that's a lot of gyms and we're constantly opening gyms and i'm, I'm flying all over the place um training the coaches uh and uh you know i first came to ufc gym rosemead um man almost 11 12 years ago uh you know i had some friends that were working here i started six months after they opened and i lived i lived probably 45 to an hour hour and a half away depending on the traffic um and i just fell in love with the gym i saw you know grand opening i saw dana white here i saw a bunch of the fighters and i think i was nine and oh at the time as a pro fighter i said well this might be some way to get some connections get in the ufc i feel like i'm going to be right there and then i just really ended up falling in love with the atmosphere and i've always enjoyed teaching but um you know you get to see a lot of different people at ufc gym and a lot of different families and um you know ended up teaching morning and afternoon jujitsu classes Aside from my other jobs that I did, I was working at different gyms and I was bouncing at bars. And then I had an opportunity to um, just go with the UFC gym full time and then um, start teaching kids classes and, you know, and different things at the gym. And then, you know, it's it's sl slowly snowballed from there that I, I took on more responsibilities at the gym and, you know, really found, you know, my love for it. Because, like I said, getting the octagon is not always a fun, even though I still want to do it. I'm, I still want to find the fun. So hopefully, you know, by next year, I'll uh, have a different outlook and a different mindset that uh, I don't have all these nerves when I go in the octagon. But, um, um, you know, it's it's uh, I, I found something I, I love to do. And I said, man, I'm just going to I'm going to just focus on this. This is such a great company. And I'm attached to those three letters that mean so much to me. It might not be a UFC fighter, but just putting a you know UFC gym shirt on or coach shirt on. Just like fulfilling that boyhood dream in me, so um, yeah, and I just never look back. Mm. Yeah, I think that uh, I think well, first of all, those gyms are beautiful. But any of them I went to, uh, you know, Slava's gym is is, and I think he's opening up a couple more. To be honest with you, I think. Yeah, he's a, he's uh, so he's uh yeah he's got a gym in um uh, in Oxnard. Right, mm -hmm. beautiful facility, and then and then I it might be in some talks. Uh, yeah, it might be in some talks for some other gyms, but yeah, he's got a beautiful facility in Oxnard. I was there yeah. last month. Yeah. So, do you still have? Are you still teaching at a gym right now, or are you more running, uh, uh, doing the uh, the business side of uh, different gyms opening now? Yeah, so I'm I'm doing all the business side now. I I, I mean I I coach the coaches. I don't really have I don't I, I don't have time to train anybody anymore, or teach any uh -huh. classes, or keep it consistent, um, which is good for me. I'm I'm still trying to trying to get back in shape because I do want to fight again and compete. But, um, you know, I, making sure that, you know, the, the gym is good is uh, uh, my main priority. So I'm cut, cutting everything out in my life to uh, make sure that that's, that's happening. Yeah, that's going to be quite a thing if you want to fight again. You know, uh, fighting, <laughs> preparing for a fight and then running the business side of a, of a big corporation is, is, is going to be tough. And then being a single dad is all, all that kind of, you know, that, that puts a lot on your plate, but you know, a fight's a fight, whether you're in, in the ring or preparing for it, it is, it is what it is. You know, you just put your head down and, and move. So, you know, that, that sounds, that sounds awesome. You know, we'll, we'll be there next time you next, next time you bang, we'll, I'll be in that front row watching it. 
So, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, it, it's hard because I mean, again, again, f- fighters. I mean, I mean, you're not making, not making a you know a lot of money at least unless nah. you make it right. So yeah, and you you got you gotta have one foot in and one foot out. Even my last fight, I was I was definitely one foot in and one foot out because I was trying to juggle too much. But you know, yeah, you know, all my fights have been I've been working, holding the three jobs, and trying to fight. But you got to be all in or all out, and you're putting your body and everything at risk, right? So um, yeah, and yeah. same thing, same same thing with work. So that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm all in for 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 UFC gym. I'm, I'm not letting my fight career career or what I want to do with fighting. I interject in that. So I think that's why I took six years off and so much time because I really want to figure this out. I'm not, I'm not a, I wasn't, I don't even know if I am now, but a businessman, right? I just know that um, I'm, I'm passionate and I'm going to figure it out. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I just really care about those three letters on the wall. Well, let's talk about mindset a little bit and then how it, how it goes from the, what you've learned fighting or preparing for a fight is probably even more than the lessons in the fight. You know, I think there's lessons preparing. I think there's lessons in the fight. And I think there's post lessons after it, too, where you got to sit and evaluate everything you did well and everything that needs improvement. So tell me some of the lessons that you've taken from the cage, okay, or preparing for the cage and how you implement it into business. How, you know, the lessons that have learned for those that are you know, running their own business. Maybe they've got, uh, you know, other things in life. And let, let's, let's talk about that for a second, how you take your wins, uh, and how, how it goes from the ring. What's the same and into the business. Let's, 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 let's open that up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, one, one, I think that you got to have, um, an, an innate belief in yourself. Um, you know, even when you have self doubt, right to be able to overcome it is 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 everything so no matter what anybody believes about you or thinks about you as long as what's in your heart is true and you believe it you know I, I, it's cliche but you'll achieve it i, I believe or it's going to take you to a route that you're meant to be because sometimes what we want to do and what we believe isn't always gonna what's gonna happen right but it's gonna take you to a place that you're supposed to be um two is i think like you have coaches right? There's people, there's a hierarchy of people above you and, you know, making sure that, that those people are leading you in the right direction. Um, and take, and, and can you take coaching? Right. Um, that's huge. So, you know, once, you know, I found like, man, everybody in this organization, right. As my coach is like, my coaches want me to win my fight. And these people in this organization want me to succeed. And they're, people are looking out for me, right. Even if I make mistakes, do this, do whatever. Right. They have a genuine love for me and, and, and my well-being and want to see me successful. And I think that as a student or as an employee, once you see that, you're, you know, get a hundred more 100 percent bought in because you don't want to let those people who who uh, are, are coaching you and mentoring you and, and believing in you. Um, you don't want to let them down. So it makes you work even harder. And then, um, you know, just being being passionate. Right. Like, like, again, going going all in and never giving up. So when, when you do jujitsu, right, do you it's not it's not fun. Someone's mounted on you or someone's choking you out. That's not fun. Right. Like, like, there's nothing really fun about that. But how can you how can you make it fun? Right. How can you, 
you know, go in and go back in the next day and try again and try again and try again. And then, and then how do you get comfortable being uncomfortable? So next time somebody mounts you, even when I lose now, if somebody gets me something like, I think I was, you know, listening to Ricardo on, on, on your pot, on your, uh, on this podcast, but, um, uh, you know, to be okay with losing, right. Mm-hmm. Like having a mindset, like a, a competitive mindset is, is, uh, I mean, that's, that's a rough, that's a rough life, you know, to have that competitive mindset all the time to try to win, but, um, you know, finding enjoyment in the process and letting it play out and not having, I think that's the one thing I'm learning in my, 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 uh, my life is to, uh, you know, you can go so hard for something, but time is going to, is going to tell you just got to wait, you got to be patient and what's going to happen. It's going to happen, but you just got to have fun in the process. And I think that, uh, you know, a lot of times in training and other things, I wasn't having fun in the process because I wanted to go do this, do that. And now I'm just enjoying the ride. And eventually like you said, like, you know, start as a white belt, you'll be a black belt. It's, it's not who's the best. It's who's left. Right. So, yeah, that's and that's 100 percent true. That's a true statement. It's not who's the best. It's who's left. And it's the ones that even after black belt, who's still he'll still improving. You know, um, that's that's a great. Yeah, that's a great statement on on. It's not it's not, uh, you know, who's the best. It's who sticks around, you know, who keeps showing up. I mean, that's something Laborio said yesterday constantly. He's like, you know, people just need to keep showing up. That's, that's, that's the thing. And I think that, you know, my, you know, my jujitsu has, um, I've really been passionate about this now for the last almost two years. Now I've done it for a long time, but never with a passion and never with a super coach that I really connect with. And the two years now having, um, Sergio Machado as a, as a coach, has changed things. And I have seen how jujitsu kind of, that's why I was asking those questions. And I'm listening to you, uh, what you're talking about, you know, uh, in business and on the mat, right? Because in jujitsu, when someone's trying to choke you out, you either tap or you find a way to win. You know what I mean? And I think that's the same thing uh, uh, in, in business, right? You're either going to tap or you're going to find a way to win and, and come around. So I think the lessons learned on the mat have, has uh, definitely been, uh, you know, Sergio Machado is your coach. Yes. So if it's, if it's the same Sergio Machado, we, we trained together for years. It's the same one. Is he in the military? He's in the military. Yeah. Yeah. We trained together for years. You can, uh, you can <laughs> let, let him know. I said, hi. Yeah, oh, here. that's good to know. He's going to be, yeah, he's stoked. Yeah. He's usually he's here at my school once a week. He teaches once a week here this week. He's not, he's doing, a drug class with the with the law enforcement. Uh, yeah, we've been right together now. for a very long time. Yeah, you tell him, tell him I said hi. <laughs> yeah, right, so that's good. Off. Yep, that's our yeah, that's our. It's a small world. Jiu-jitsu is such a small world, man. You know what I mean? He just went and competed with us. Uh, we had a, a handful of students that competed here uh, a couple months ago, and he competed that day too. Of course, he made it, it made it look easy, you know, compared to what you know. He just smoked everybody. It was fun to watch him. So. This one here, Larry listening, says, how much will the restriction of COVID change the talent pool of MMA? I think that, um, I mean, again, I, I, I don't know if it's going to change the talent pool. I think that's going to, man, coming back from COVID, I mean, was 
was really rough. I mean, even like as an organization, like I mean, all the gyms shut down. I I mean, I got I got furloughed. I you know I had I had to figure out what to do. I was like, man, are gyms ever coming back? Like, are what? we gonna shut? Are we gonna shut down? Like, I stopped training. Right, <laughs> I lost my fire. I was like, man, I just got I just kept gaining weight, and I was like, man, what 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 is going on? And then slowly, when the gym started coming back, I mean, definitely we had to do, we had to do like you know social distance training, and then I want to add in BJJ classes, and you know with the, with the high profile name like you know UFC, UFC gym, like we had to do socially distant conditioning BJJ classes. <laughs> you know, because we we have the bags. I mean, you have people coming from the city, and we can't shut the whole gym down, but I still want people to train, so we had to do all that. But um, uh. I mean, I just see the town. I feel like now it's, you know, I don't know. Nobody, I mean, people care, but there's still a lot of people training. I think it's not, it's not, um, you know, what it, what it was before. But I think as we, as we come back, we learn that COVID affects people who, who are not as physically fit, let's say, um, you know, we're going to see an influx in, in, in people in the gym training. So I think that, you know, just an MMA in general is just going to keep growing and the talent pool is just, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you. If we could uh, get focused on people being uh, in a little bit better shape and and working their health instead of letting them work our health, I think it's going to be uh, that's the way we do it. Um, uh, I I just think that uh, any any type, you know, I, I remember when the gym shut down, and luckily a year or so before that, I invested a lot of money in a home gym for myself, right? And I wasn't anticipating COVID. I just happened to, I enjoy being able to open up my garage. And uh, I was doing 75 hard at that time too. And I like to be able to put stuff outside where I can do an outside workout as I'm, as I'm going through the 75 hard. And um, I just invested in it and thank God for that. Cause I had a small, I had a small pool of people that would be at my house all the time using that gym because there is no gym open. I mean, I'll ne- I, I'll never forget it. You know what I mean? I don't know. At this time, I think it's almost you know you're. I think we live with COVID at this point, just like we live with the flu. You know, I, you know, not that it's not um, serious, but on the same token, it's like you can't just be cooped up. I mean, everything is a, you know, everything is a kind of a give and take on what you're going to do. And I think those that get physically fit are still going to be be able to fight better anyway, right? I mean can't be out of shape going in the ring either. You know, you got to, you got to be, you got to be in shape. Got to be ready to rock and roll. What what we did, what we did, because we were, again, again, and what it was about the money, it was, it was about, again, keeping, keeping some of our coaches and people employed, but uh, really for our members. I mean, we, we, at, at, I mean, countless gyms, he, at Rosemead, Huntington Beach, Torrance, all, all of our uh, signature corporate locations, we moved, um, all of our equipment outside, and you can imagine what that does to the equipment, right? Yeah, the mm-hmm. new equipment we're gonna have to buy, but we moved everything outside so people can work out. And we built, you know, we had stuff in a garage structure. We had, you know, put stuff in the parking lot, anywhere we could put the equipment. Um, we put it because we knew, uh, you know, the physically fit is important, which people are, are are finding out more and more now. So I think that I, I remember every gym doing that. I remember ourselves. Um, I have two schools. So my one school, it was easy to work out outside. 
my Chatsworth location, man. We were at the park uh, on the basketball, you know, thing at early in the mornings and workouts and, you know, but you know what? I think that's the fight of it anyway. And I think that once it came back a little bit, the appreciation for what we had is even, even more tenfold. And those that take advantage of it, um, will see a difference in, in their life as far as, uh, you know, fighting, you know, to fight pandemic, you have to fight being healthy. And I think that that's a, that's a great message, uh, out there. I think that's the same thing, but I think it's the same thing on the, on the mat. You know, we, I saw a lot of, uh, martial artists, a lot of gyms, a lot of restaurants, and they went and did what they had to do to make things survive. And when a government doesn't want you to survive, you know what I mean? And, you know, didn't really give us the, uh, you know, just open us up and shut us down again in two weeks. I mean, I'll never forget that. I'm like, you guys, you can't just open us up and then shut us down in two weeks, man. And, um, you know, and, and so I think it's just something we live with at this point. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, we're going on what, two years now going on the third year of this and, and, uh, not that it's not serious and you know, I, I watch out for my own folks and stuff like that, but you know, we, life has to move on, man. It, 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 you can't, you can't just be, uh, you know, that, that way for sure. So you a couple of your, your losses, you had a couple of losses. Let's talk about that real quick. The lessons learned from the, I tell my students this all the time. I've learned more lessons, all, all, all the com- competitions I did coming up in the ranks, right? I did so many, I couldn't even count them, but, uh, I won so many and, but my losses, man, were, were intense. You know what I mean? I, I was, uh, a seated number one for this one particular thing. And then, uh, I lost this event, you know, after, after a year of competing for a number one seed, I lost the event and I lost to somebody in a wheelchair and, my ego was so intact that I was so pissed off. I had my students clean up all the stuff that I just done. This is a breaking competition. And I, I'm like, I said, you know, the guy didn't do the required breaks and all this kind of stuff. And my ego was so in ch- So uh, such, I was such an ass and I left. And then I saw him here late later and, you know, he had this board and he, he signed it and he, with our, with our, well, I mean, we're talking about one tenth, 100, like nine point, like nine, eight, one, two and nine, eight, one, three or something, something just right. And he gave this to me and he goes, Hey, you know, Mark, I think that, you know, that you won that competition and he gives me this board. Right. And of course, then I, then I really feel like an asshole. Right. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, uh, uh, and then we only, uh, to do this ceremony and they bring him out on the ceremony. And he's like, he goes, I'm really, you know, blessed to be here to win this event. And then he tells why he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair because he was a trucker and he got in an accident and they did a blood transfusion and he has HIV and he's dying. Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm just, I continually sink in my seat going, you are the biggest jackass ever. Right. And I couldn't, it didn't matter what else I won that weekend or anything. And just, you know, the lesson learned from that particular thing of my ego is just so enlarged and engrossed um, because of a loss. I never did that after that. 
I never did that after after that. Even anything I lost, it was a shake hand. It was, you know, congratulations to everybody else, you, you, whether it was uh, fair or unfair. It didn't matter. And uh, those are the lessons I learned. So why don't you give me a couple that you took from your losses, whether it's preparing more or a game plan went out of whack or or what it was mindset. What 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 do you think? What was your lessons learned out of the losses over the wins? Yeah, for sure. And then um, yeah, I'll share with you a quote. Um, you know, BJ Penn has become a, a pretty good friend of mine through UFC gym. And uh, he shared a quote with me. Your ego is not your amigo, right? <laughs> that sounds so much like something he'd say. Yeah, yeah. And you do another quote. You know, if you, if you disrespect the, you know, the game, the game will disrespect you. Um, I don't know if that's uh, – I have a quote. I don't know if that, that was 100% accurate what he said. But, um, you know, but again, uh, for me, just being happy – always happy for the other person that they want. Right, like, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that they got to experience that. But man, I take losses, my two losses, and I think uh, I got my, had my first loss. Uh, I was 11 and 0, and then I was fighting on Bellator, and I was in the, the the semifinals or something of the tournament, and I was cutting down to 135. And I, I, I think I almost I, I, Sergio Machado knows the story. Actually, he was he was he was involved in it, but I feel like I'm, I almost died. Like cutting the weight and not eating and not drinking my mind, every, everything was out of whack. Um, you know, I still fought great, I, but I got hit. I got hit, I believe in the liver. And I was like, man, this, I never felt this pain before in my life. I couldn't talk 30 minutes after. Um, but, um, you know, I think it, again, destroyed my dreams of what I thought would happen. But then I think when you lose, you end up, uh, when, when you overcome it, you realize how passionate you are about something. That when you when you lose and you mm. come back, man, this is something you really want to do, especially getting hit in the face or getting hit in the liver <laughs> or losing in front of everybody, because it's easy to keep going when you win. It's easy to talk smack and talk build yourself up when you win. But what do you do and how do you pick yourself up when you lose? Because we're all human, right? And and like how you said, all my wins. I didn't do anything. I mean, I mean, it did a lot for me. It did a lot, it, it did a lot for me and, and it propelled me to at, at least, you know, have a background and do what I'm doing now. Um, but personally, didn't really do anything for me. About people in my life that probably didn't need to be in my life, right? Like, about <laughs> attention to me that I probably wasn't ready for at the time. Like, mm -hmm. that stuff did absolutely nothing for me. But, you know, just the, the, the core losing, again, affects me terribly right worse than going into the octagon but being able to overcome that and then, and then again realizing then my last thought preparing I forgot what, what preparing was like preparing is huge right like getting in the right shape and getting getting in the uh you know doing stuff that you know you need to do to get ready because it's only you and the octagon and you know your body right you know yourself you need to do what you know is going to put you in the best, uh, give you the best chance or the best odds, right? And then, um, and, and then two, uh, in my last fight, I tried to, I tried to freaking, I was striking all the time. I tried to freaking box, like, like I'm a freaking boxer or something, kickbox. Like, yeah, I know how to box and kickbox, I'm fine, but like, I want to prove a point with my ego. 
I want to just stand up. I don't want to try to take anybody down. I'm going to prove a point. I'm six years off, right? I'm going to strike. <laughs> and I'm, dude, what am I doing? You know, like, like uh, I like taking people down. Like, that's my thing. Like, like I like people trying to hit me and take them down and try to submit them. Like, that's what I'm good at, right? Like, so, again, it's, it's, it's ego and it's uh, – uh, Losing yeah. really, I, I, just like in, just like in life, like once you lose something and you come back to it, you realize how much you really care about it. And um, you know the fact that I want to go back to it, and the fact that I didn't lose my passion for it. I'm like, man, this is really what I'm meant to do. Because if I kept winning, like I said, you don't really know until you lose. You right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and those. Yeah. Those are those. Those are those real talks that you that that people. Um, you know, you have to hear from and, uh, definitely, definitely a fighter's mindset you have for sure. You know what I mean? I, I, I never, yeah, I'll never forget. So I, 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 there's so many wins I had that back in those days of competing that the, those just don't refresh in my head. It's, it's these, it's these few that just really were life altering, um, losses that made me just, you know, reevaluate what my thought process on things. I was a little bit younger dude back then too. I was more your age back then, but, uh, uh, it, yeah, it, the, the lessons, the lessons are the same everywhere that I hear, uh, that. And so, you know, as a teacher, then I get, you, you get these great stories now that, uh, uh, so you get these, you get to teach all these children when you were teaching, and so you get all these stories that you get to tell them on, hey, this is the lesson I learned, okay? Uh, or in in this in this situation, or in my fight, this is I was I've been in this situation. You know, Sergio teaches this way too. He's he's a you know you know as much as he competed, um, and he talks too about some of his losses over over in uh, uh, just how he prepares. He did that same thing. He had to do a weight cut even, even a few months ago before he did this, this last one. 135 seems like a serious weight cut for you. you uh, in that, in that bracket. So, um, you know, uh, what it was, it was, it, it was this, the same Sergio Machado, right? Make sure we're telling the same person. Let me, let me see. Yep. That's Sergio. Okay, cool. Yep, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, yeah. 135. I decided I'd be bigger. I don't know what it is about my body. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when I, everybody in the octagon looks bigger than me when I'm cut weight. I'm like, dude, what the, what the hell? This is like, I just look small. I ain't got no muscles. My, my muscle's hiding somewhere. I got heavy blood or heavy bones. How is this guy the same weight as me? Let me just cut more weight, you know, and be bigger. It's only 10 more pounds, right? So, you know, just like stupid. But you know what? That's the ultimate jujitsu guy, right? The small guy that can submit you. You know what I mean? And you know, crawl up your back and choke you out. It's just one of those things, man. I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, that those those are those are those have been some fun stories listening to you talk about that. Um, so on your teaching now, when you were teaching children, uh. We, okay, what age group is? is it, did you teach children at the UFC gym? Is that where it was? Yeah, uh, yeah, and then I I've taught I've taught kids since it was like sixteen or seventeen years old. Um, mm -hmm. I you know teaching kids classes. Like, you I teaching taught, taught, at, were you teaching at your instructor school? My instructor school, correct. You still yeah. in contact with them? 
Um, yeah, but, but I have a couple of different coaches that I'm still in contact with. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like my coaches are, uh, uh, you know, those are yeah. people I look up to. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's good. I, I always like to hear, uh, you know, I've seen that I, as many students as I've had over the years and, and the ones that come back or the ones that are, are super appreciative of, of the time that you poured into them uh, has been, you know, it's always, that's always been, uh, you know, something I, I've really enjoyed. So, uh, when you, so you're teaching at UFC gym. So what age group do they start their jujitsu programs at, at the gym? Uh, we start now back, back then. I mean, we, I had, I was teaching two and three year olds, right. But now, now we, we, we start at six, right. Uh, so you start, at- yeah, yeah, you start at six now. And so, yeah, we have a little rollers program here where we start them rolling at three. Now, tell me, I've, now you've been around this game for a minute now. We were just, Labar and I talked about this uh, yesterday too, getting a, getting another perspective from a fighter and, and a jiu-jitsu guy, right? Where did you, um, so you see that when we you were at five years old, um, they didn't have as much as what, the kids can all learn here, right? So you start rolling at three and understand a little bit about jujitsu at three, a little bit about wrestling at three, and you're doing a striking art at, 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 you know, on top of it. And then all of a sudden you are 13, 14 years old, and you've been in this mixed martial arts type of atmosphere. What our students look like, you know, back and see, I had my, my black belt in 1987. That's when I got it. That's and it was born. I know. I saw that. I saw when you were born. I'm like, geez, man, he was born the year I got my black belt for crying out loud. Um, and so, uh, and, uh, and so I was like, you know, back then it was, it was pretty, it was blood and guts karate back then. Right. The eighties karate was like, I mean, it was, it was knuckle punches and, you know, going all out on Friday night fight classes. You know, it was just, it, Blood and guts, and there's nothing. There's no jujitsu or anything like that, you know. Blood even sport. though, shout out to Frank Dukes. Yeah, exactly right. That's exactly how it was, man. You grab a tobok and you punch him in the face, and you know, you axe kick somebody or something crazy. And so that's just how it was. And then as we saw things evolve, as I saw things evolve, I looked, you know, as I was going up the ranks back then, I was dabbling into judo. All of a sudden, I want to see about that throwing. And then jujitsu came in the '90s, right? It and jujitsu came when we had uh, not Sergio Machado. Um, Jean Jacques was supposed to come and do a seminar, and he sent a guy named David Myers a brown belt out of his school because he couldn't make it. And we had about eighty of us there from a Tongsudo school. That uh, he submitted every one of us. He went with every one of us, and I was kind of the pit bull, you know. And so everybody's like, oh, Mr. Cox is coming. And I'm like, I mean, I'm watching this, right? I'm like, yeah, Mr. Cox ain't going to do squat on the ground. I'm going to get my ass. <laughs> right. Right. I'm not getting, nothing's going to happen. I'm going to get my ass kicked. And uh, nothing. And I was nothing for him. I, I mean, I was like uh, a guppy and he was a shark. All right. And on the ground. All right. That was just, and the ocean was his world and I was nothing. Right. I was fish food. And I'll never forget that. I'm like, I'm, we got to, we got to start doing this stuff. And then Dave Myers is is where I really started that, right? And and just to see what kids can have today. Now, let's think about that UFC gym you have, all the equipment they have, what they can do, and the coaching that they get. Because you guys now have been training. You know, you got these black belt coaches that's been training for twenty plus years, and 
and now you got these kids. Do you see a a uh, a new set of, of of juniors coming up as you're teaching kids? What's that look like to you? I mean, the the, the talent level is freaking. I mean, it's out of this world, right? right? What some of the what some of the kids can do, it's. I mean, it's it's insane, and they're doing everything, right? Like they're doing all all types of of, of martial arts. But my my uh, my big thing, I'm real passionate about working with kids. My big thing is so much not about you know them being the the you know obviously wanting them to be the best version of themselves and best fighter they can be, but you know not necessarily unless that's going to be their career and you know competing and all this stuff. Not necessarily that like i don't care if they're the best fighter or best whatever and this, if that's what they want to be right then yeah but you know how can how can martial arts impact their life how can they use the principles that they learn in jujitsu and being successful or boxing or whatever whatever they're learning wrestling how can they use that to be you know a better boyfriend girlfriend husband father one day uh businessman Whatever they want to do, I want you know teach them the, the the life lessons and the principles that 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 martial art gives you, and being able for them to translate it. And then you know I, I have a six year old daughter, right? And and um, I I tell people all the time that if my very personal for me, and this is how I treat it. If if my daughter, I ask my nothing more than I want my daughter to train jujitsu and fight, and she beats me up, she's good, but you know. I want her to be like, you know, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm. Well, that'd be great. That'd be great. But, but I know, and I've seen it working with kids, the parents who <laughs> make their kids come to the gym, make them compete, make them go constantly, 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 constantly. And the kids don't want to be there. Well, Hey, even if they're world like kid world champions, let's say, once they hit puberty, once they hit that that age, 13, 14, 12, whatever it is, and they start making their own decisions and they start hanging out in different crowds, they have they don't want to train anymore at all. Because you push them to the brink of hey, jujitsu, wrestling, boxing is not fun anymore. I do not want to do this. This is not fitness, is not Martial arts is not my safe haven. I don't want to do it anymore. I might be great, but I don't want to do it. It's not fun. So mm -hmm. with my daughter, I have a conversation with her. I said, listen, honey, do you want to go to the gym today? If she says no, I'm going to try to encourage her. But if she says no, Daddy Brandon is not going to bring her to the gym. <laughs> because the last thing I want her to do is feel like she has to be at the gym that her dad is forcing her and she's doing something it's a negative every time she thinks of ufc gym or martial arts it's something negative that's being forced upon her i want her to want to do it so if it doesn't work that day i'm gonna try the next day and the next day it's gonna work right i keep i keep pressing it but i don't force anything and i don't think i mean that's a good if you have parents if you're a parent and you have kids and that's a really big lesson I've learned coaching a long time with kids is encourage them, but let them make the decision to want to be there because 
Listen, I could teach a great kids class and always tell people, look, at the end of the day, kids are going crazy. I mean, stuff's spiraling out of control in class. Maybe somebody gets hurt or whatever the case is. You play a game at the end, all that stuff goes away. And they remember right. the game and they had fun, right? Like, that's why I tell my coach, play a game at the end with the kids. Man, you're gonna, they're going to want to come back for the game. Use it as dangle the carrot. But what you don't want to do is expect and put that on the coach that when your kid comes to the gym, that they're going to have a, a, a great experience if, in, in a negative mindset. Because if they have a bad experience and they didn't want to go for whatever the case is, it could be anything. Maybe they lost or whatever, whatever it is. They're not going to want to come back and it, it's, it's going to damage what you really want. And you want them to live a life of fitness and health and you want them to do it when they're older. Does that make yeah, sense? It does make sense. I think that I've been, I've been doing this for a long time and, and I think that, you know, it, it, it's a delicate thing to be a parent, right? It's a delicate parent, how much to push and how much not to push. And, um, you know, uh, all my children, I said the same thing. If you make a commitment, you're going to follow through with it. I can guarantee you that I'm not going to, uh, if you tell me you're going to do something halfway through, you're not going to say, Hey, I'm not doing it. You're going to finish what you start. Just like it, it, whether you want to or not there, that's one lesson that, uh, I know that I push with my own children, whether like some of them, like my oldest son, my youngest son just got his black belt and he's been doing it ever since, you know, it's a little bit different because, you know, we live in the gym. So our kids, you know, are always at the gym, whether as a single dad, we're eating at the gym. I got to bring him to the gym. And so it was a little bit different for, for uh, probably for you and I, than it would be um, parenting. And I think that I've watched parents over the years uh, change also uh, some for the great, some for the better and some not so good. You know what I mean? Um, uh, the coddling, the coddling thing, let, it's okay for your child to lose. That's, that's something that, I think that's something that students have to understand that winning is a special thing and winning is not an everyday thing. And it, and it's a special thing when you do, when it happens. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing that we can end on here because we're hitting that hour anyway, but on, on what that looks like. Um, I've enjoyed this. I, 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 this is the first time you and I've got to talk and, and, and meet. And then not, not knowing that you, you've been with our coach. I think that's uh that, you know, the world's so small, it's, it's, it, it's unreal. We'll talk, I'll talk to Sergio today about it. I'll let him know to, to listen in on this, um, it. on this, uh, on this and he'll, he'll listen in. So he's, uh, he's, he's a beast of a coach. He, he he's, he, he, him and I, him and I have, uh, definitely, you know, he's got a whole different experience. You know, he's fought in war and, uh, lost men and, uh, he's been in situations where he couldn't walk and it was told he wasn't going to walk. And then he's winning world championships in BJJ. He, he, he is a beast. And so uh, it, it'd be fun to to uh, reminisce with him when when he when he gets off. So I appreciate it, Brandon. So if I come out your way, uh, I'll, I'll I'll look you up and maybe we can go uh, have some coffee. I'll go take a look at that gym you have out there, that UFC gym, and we can uh, we can meet for coffee and 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 uh, maybe form a little bit more of a uh, of a friendship. And if 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 BJ Penn ever comes around and. You know, I know he's getting, you know, he just lost his father, unfortunately, which is really, you know, I, I just, <laughs> the story of BJ Penn is, you know, when he was um, there for a while, this is years back, you know, he was, he was really uh, selling uh, his brand of clothing and different things. 
And believe it or not, his mom was uh, right next to us in booths in some of these martial arts shows. So VJ Penn would sit right next to us, and he was selling his stuff. We were selling our stuff, and I got to I got to talk to his mom a few times, and and uh, BJ, uh, you know, a few times also. Uh, so we we've been in business together where we we're we're selling things next to each other. So right, if that ever comes about, where I can get him because I know he's wanting to run for governor. Uh, yeah, he's, he's running for governor in Hawaii. You know, he's uh. You know, he's, uh, you know, one of our partners and he, you know, we have, it's UFC BJ Penn and all of our Hawaii locations. Mm. Um, yeah, he's very, very passionate about running for governor and, you know, it looks like he's, he's got a, he's, he's got a, a great shot and, uh, but yeah, BJ is a, and he's a hell of a guy. He's a hell of a guy. Uh, well, I just, you know, he's one of my, uh, he's, he's somebody I remember from UFC the most, you know, the old, old school fighters from back in the day. You remember how he was, man, blood on his thing, licking stuff. And his jujitsu was off the chain, right? I mean, he was like a rubber man. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to, I, I'd love to be able to, if, if, if that's something you can help us make happen on the show, that would be great. I'd love to have him speak about martial arts. Cause every time he does speak about it, um, about what it's done and stuff in his life and, and stuff like that. It, he's, he, you know, not to mention, well, he's from Hawaii, you know, he's just kind of a laid back dude. Uh, uh, you know, they're just a different breed. Uh, I, I, if you make that happen, that would be great. We'll keep, we'll keep posted on that and we'll see what we can do with him. It'd be awesome yeah. to have him on the show. Yeah. He's a hell of a guy. Let me tell you, it, um, BJ listens to this. BJ is a, is an amazing singer. I had a, well, where we're going, then we went to Oxnard to, 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 to we did we did go to Oxnard to to Slav to Slava gym, mm. um, UFC gym Oxnard, and uh, you know it's it's a little bit of a waste. And I had I had a uh, uh, Derek Gallup, who's our executive vice president for UFC gym, and BJ Pan in my car, and you know I had both of them just singing out out you know the whole time singing love songs and songs and I can't sing. And they're trying to get me to sing. And I'm like, bro, I can't sing. I don't even know what the hell you got. You don't want me singing, but man, like that, that guy that, you know, I looked up to him, you know, growing up, I mean, just a hell of a hell of a person, you know, getting to know him, like, you know, just makes you that much more of a fan when you get to see, you know, the other side of it. Right. And, and who yeah. these people really are and, you know, how smart he is too. Right. And all the, all the lessons he has, like, I'm, I still like share today, I share different quotes from him. He gets like little nuggets of things. Like, you know, he's got, you know, he told me one time, he's like, Brandon, you got to win more than you like breathing. That, like, that's, I'm like, Oh my God, that's so true. Like he just throws like little nuggets out and I'm like, man, this is, Right? Yeah, so that would be uh yeah, that would be this that would be something for me to be able to 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 do an interview with him. I, I would love to get into the championship, the champ's mindset, you know what I mean? What what he, the lessons learned through through what he does and and his nuggets cuz he always he, you know, any interview you hear him from that, he always kind of does that stuff anyway. You know what I mean? And so you've got to see the different side of him so which is pretty awesome. So yeah. I've I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this uh this hour, man. I, I, I look forward to. It. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll re-listen to it today. I'll go over it again today when I'm doing it. I'll have the audio portion for you uh, downloaded uh, by end of day or first thing in the morning. You can be able to share it off with your with your people and stuff too. So send yeah. it over to BJ. He'll, I'm sure he'll listen to it. All right. I, I, I love it. Again, I I appreciate it and thank you so much. And yeah. 
Ohanis, if you still listen, what's up, buddy? Uh, yeah, he said. Yeah, he said. He said he sparred with BJ Penn. I guess. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, we, uh, we, yeah, he's, yeah, he, we brought him. <laughs> yeah, we, we brought him to. Uh, and and you know his dad is too, I believe. Yeah, you know his dad's a singer, so you know that's uh, that's something that uh, um, he can do with him. So. All right, man. Looks like you're starting to get busy. I'll I'll let you go. Do get your day, man. I appreciate it, Brandon. Thanks for taking time. All with right, us. brother. Have an awesome day. Have a nice day. Bye now. Bye. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self defense, weight loss and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.